tell me why you feel that it was better for your district and better for all constituents in the state of Ohio to have 32 Democrats choose the Republican speaker from a Republican supermajority. Because that's what happened. 45 Republicans only uh, wanted Derek Maron. Only 21 of you wanted Jason Stevens. So you let the Democrats make the decision here. Why give power to the very small minority party in Columbus? That's what I don't get, uh, Representative Swearingen. I'm not giving power to the minority party in Columbus. Like I said, when I, I already did, on... you let him choose it. You let him choose the no, speaker. Sir. That's that's power, right? No, sir. That's the stat uh, standard pat answer we are getting from the Gang of Twenty Two, of which DJ Swearingen is one. He was uh, courageous enough, I guess, to come on the program and talk with me after the great speaker steal of twenty twenty three. So was Al Catrona. And now we are joined by the subject of this entire discussion. It's been a while that we've been trying to get him on the program. Uh, there have been a lot of very good reasons why he has been unavailable. And he's been kind enough now to carve some time out for us on AM 1420, The Answer. Uh, state representative and should be, could be, would be, but isn't, Speaker of the Ohio State House of Representatives, Derek Marin joins us on AM 1420, The Answer. Representative Marin, good morning. Good to have you aboard. How are you this morning? I'm doing great, Bob. Thanks for having me on. It's a pleasure. I've got so many questions. We could talk for a couple of hours and still not get to everything here. Um, I, I know I want to dispense with the backstory because we've been discussing this on the air for the last couple of weeks, uh, really uh, ad nauseum. I think everybody knows what happened. Um, I want to get your reaction to some of what happened and then probe a little bit about what you knew going into this whole thing and what you plan to do going forward. But let's start with uh, your reaction to things like you just heard from DJ Swearingen, who said that... Um, uh, no, we didn't give power to the Democrats. No, we are still a conservative agenda being advanced by uh, by Jason Stevens and by our uh, by our caucus. Uh, and uh, he also said, no, we didn't hand power to the Democrats. How do you respond to some of the things you're hearing from the gang of 22 that went back on their oath to support you for speaker? Well, Bob, I think it's pretty obvious. I mean, the Democrats chose who the Speaker of the House was going to be. And they thought uh, Jason Stevens was going to be best for their agenda. And that's what they did. And it's going to have serious policy consequences uh, for many years, many years to come. Representative Marin, do you do you or did you have any kind of relationship with Representative Stevens before all of this? Yes, I, uh, you know, um, Jason and I worked together in the House and uh, we supported each other on several different issues. So, yeah, I've had a relationship with him. I've also had a very good re- working relationship uh, with uh, Representative Swearingen, who was on your program, and uh, we know each other very well. The reason I ask is obvious. Did you have any hint uh, or any idea that he would be leading the charge or others propping him up to lead the charge to? Uh, violate the oath that you all took uh, in your caucus meeting in November after you won the vote. Did you ever think he would say, well, I lost the vote to Derek Maron in caucus. Too bad. I'm coming for him anyway. And uh, my partners here, 21 others, are all going to come. We're going to go get some Democrats, and we're going to take this. In other words, are you surprised, based on your knowledge of him and your relationship with him, are you surprised that he would pull this? That's a great question. No, I am not surprised. Um, right after I won the caucus vote, um, there were rumblings uh, that they were going to try to do this. The whole question was if they were going to be able to get all the Democrats to do it and if they were going to get you know, basically 18 Republicans to go their way. 
And I started working the phones immediately after after that um, vote. I spoke to DJ Swearing in two or three days on the on the phone after the vote, and we discussed him actually being the chair of finance committee, uh, which is the most powerful chair uh, in the House. Um, I've respected DJ for a long time. Um, we agree a lot of on educational issues, and tax policies, and I actually talked to Jason Stevens about that uh, before we had the caucus vote about putting one of his lieutenants in that position. So I bring that up because I believe DJ Swearingen was on your program and uh, alluded to the fact that it became clear to him that he was going to be cut out of something um, and that those guys had not been contacted. And I contacted him. We had a nice conversation on the phone a couple of days after the vote, and I brought that up and told him and uh, Jason Stevens that I wanted to make sure they were in a position of, of, of leadership in some way and wanted to work with them and wanted to move forward. So um, we had we had worked a good number of, of those people. I had meetings in my office for over an hour with multiple Jason Stevens supporters, um, where many of them pledged their support to me and apologized for the speaker's race and said, hey, sorry, Derek, we're on the wrong side of this. We don't hold it against us. And I said, of course not. I want to work with you. And we talked about, you know, legislative things we were going to do with regard to mental health issues, to tax policies, to educational funding issues. So I was having an ongoing conversation with many of their people uh, for, for, you know, for six weeks, all the way up to uh, the vote on uh, January 3rd. That's fascinating. We're talking with uh, Derek Marin, who is an Ohio State representative, who uh, was supposed to be the Speaker of the House coming out of the um, caucus, the Republican caucus in November. Now, you talked about rumblings. You started to hear rumblings that people were going to go back on their word. Did you hear those rumblings firsthand, or what did you hear? What does a rumble mean? Uh, just uh, other representatives talking to the Stevens supporter and, you know, different, you know, lobbying factions, uh, you know, supporting Jason Stevens and you know, people saying, hey, you, you got to get 50 votes on the floor. Um, so we took it seriously. Um, but, uh, you know, I was had this outward. I had I'm sorry. Was this outward or were you getting whispers and kind of whistleblower type things? People saying, hey, yeah, it was more, Derek, it, it's it, not. It was more, yeah, it was it, it was more of just whispers. And, you know, I had many of my folks contact the Stevens guys and kind of probe around. And some, most of them said, hey, you know, we had never do this to Derek. We're, you know, we're going to keep our word. Um, you know, we don't have a problem with Derek. He'll be fine for two years and, you know, we'll regroup and try to take the speakership after him. And, um, that was a consensus, I think, at least for, you know, the first couple weeks after the votes, that that's what, you know, I was told and what other uh, people close to me were told. Um, and, you know, but they were, they were, they, they had two, they had two issues they had to get. They had to get all of the Democrats. So they were working on Allison Russo for a long time. And then they were also feeling out, uh, their own supporters to see, hey, you know, would you still join us with us on the on the final vote? And they really stepped it up. Um, it's really that third week of December when they really started to work on their own people. Um, kind of, they have a core group of about seven or eight, and they needed that extra ten uh, to twelve votes. Um, and they they really started to work those people the last couple weeks of December. Tell me about your interactions with Allison Rousseau. Yeah, Alice and I have a, a a good relationship. I worked with her, um, you, you know, after after I was a, became speaker elect, I set up a meeting with her and I said, Allison, you know, let me know all the administrative issues you have with the house, and you know, how can we work to fix them and make sure all our staffs are treated fairly, and you know, it's a great place to come and work. And you know, we talked about um, you know just working the weather. We talked about salaries of of their staff. We talked a little bit about uh, redistricting and. You know, we were just, you know, going to have a, 
you know, a good working relationship moving forward. Derek, we're talking with Derek Marin, uh, Ohio State representative, about the speaker steal of 2023. When you spoke with her, did you feel like you needed to court her and the Democrat caucus for votes? Or did you feel like we're just doing this, you're just talking to her out of courtesy and about, you know, for, uh, formalities and about the way things are going to be run. But you knew you had the agreement uh, among 67 supermajority Republicans uh, by way of your own caucus, you weren't going to need any Democrat votes. Did you, did you, did you feel like you needed anything from her? Well, that's an excellent question, Bob. The, I knew that if I ever got in a competition for Democrat votes, I was going to lose. Okay. So as soon as I would have let her know that, you know, we put my side could potentially be in trouble, uh, that was only going to incentivize her to engage more and to rally her folks against me. Um, so I was pretty strong with her and told her uh, initially that, you know, we had the votes. Um, we did have the votes. I mean, you know, I mean, taking people for at their words. I mean, one on one, they told me they're voting for me. We had over 50 votes. And that's what I told her. And, um, did you know, she I offer, to, you, did she to, offer I, you anything, any kind of deal to say, you know, you can get Democrat support, too, if you need it. But here's what we need. Any of those kind of things happen? It, yeah, for the most part. So in the, in the last couple of days, um, she admitted to me that Jason Stevens and uh, those uh, gentlemen over there were really working them hard and that she had met with them. And, um, you know, it was obvious that, you know, they she was trying to get concessions out of them. And I asked her, I said, you know, what are your biggest issues you're concerned about? And that's what we talked about. And she brought up the issue of where I stand on this constitutional amendment. Um, she brought up the backpack bill. Uh, then she brought up, you know, a ton of different administrative, you know, different administrative issues with, that she wanted with being able to directly hire people and different house rules of how many more Democrats they wanted on on different committees. So at that point, I did engage uh, with her. And uh, but, you know, I was never going to be able to compete um, with, you know, Jason Stevens, what they were probably willing to, you know, to, to give to give away. That's a, that's a big not, part of this that, conversation is what they were willing to give away. I want to play this for you. Um, I had Representative Catrona on right after the vote, uh, or actually the day after the vote, uh, in which uh, Jason Stevens was elected, and I want you to respond to this. They weren't supporting Jason Stevens at the behest of you and a bunch of other Republicans, or at least 21 of you. They weren't doing this because it's going to benefit Republicans. They, they're doing this because they're getting something for it. What are they getting? What deals were cut? Well, see, that's, that's the thing. Um, there has been and there was not any deal. And so I know, I know everybody kind of looked at that um, in, as, as suspect, like, well, 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 why would they? I mean, I think, but, but the truth is there was no deal. How do you respond to the the representatives, the gang of 22, including Representative Catrona there, who want us to believe that Democrats just came on board and supported Jason Stevens for no reason whatsoever, that they weren't promised anything? Well, well, Bob, I can assure you that Jason Stevens didn't put uh, Al Catrona in charge of anything, uh, let alone striking a deal with um, Allison Russo. So, <laughs> you know, it's not, it's not like he got them all in a room and said, hey, this is I mean, this is a one on one thing. Um, so, but we, time will tell, won't it? We will, we'll see exactly, um, what the Democrats got throughout this entire process. We're going to see it by the end of January, which is constitutional amendment. Uh, we'll see in the budget with educational choice issues. And the issue here, Bob, is not what deal was actually struck. It's to, to understand that's part of it, but it's also to understand there is an ongoing relationship, um, because Jason Stevens needs the Democrats for the entire two years. 
So he, he can't afford to upset five, 10, 15 of them. Um, so it's, it's, this is a partnership. This is, this is a marriage. And that's, that's not just one issue or two issues. Well, I'm glad you phrased it that way, Representative Marin, because um, there was supposed to be a partnership among the Republicans, the 67 Republican supermajority here. You guys were supposed to be working together to advance important causes for the American people. And some of the things that conservative groups and and members uh, around the state want to see, you know, you talk about the backpack bill, you talk about saving women's sports, you talk about uh, 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 the Ohio Constitution issue on on amendments and so forth. Um, And now I guess my question is, is, can you work? Will there be partnerships? Will there be unity of any kind with the 45 who stood strong as their oath required them to do after your caucus vote and supported you versus the 22 who, begging your pardon for the euphemism here, but stabbed you in the back and partnered with the Democrats? Can you work with those 22 going forward? Well, Bob, why I got involved in politics and government is because I deeply care about public policy. I compare I, – I, it means a lot, tax policy, energy policy, educational policy. And if Jason Stevens has a good bill or idea, I'm going to be the first one to support it. And if his supporters have a good idea, I'm going to support it. And I'm sure the the rest of the House Republican majority will too. So um, that's our goal. We're going to continue to push what we, we believe is right. We want Ohio to lower taxes. We want more money put into the pockets of Ohioans. We want lower energy costs for families and businesses. We want every child, no matter what their zip code is, to have the best educational opportunities, whether that's in a private school, charter school, or public school. Um, That's what we care about. We want local governments to be properly funded. We want them to be efficient. Um, We want to stop the real population decline that we have coming out of a lot of the urban areas in Ohio. We want people not not only to stay in Ohio, we want people to move back to Ohio and to move to Ohio and and to start businesses. So that's what this is all about for us. It's, it, it's policies. And sure, there's relationships that are hurt. Um, everyone has different personalities. Um, but as the leader of the House Republicans, as someone who is going to be speaker, I've got to rise above all of that and say, hey, what is best for over 11 million people of Ohio? And I'm willing to do that. My supporters are willing to do that. Um, and, and that is our focus. Representative Derek Marin is our guest. And you know what? Uh, I, I think that answer is why so many people wanted you to be speaker, because uh, you are putting the people first. It's not about personal ambition. It's not about rivalries. Or it's not about, uh, you know, uh, revenge. Uh, you want to do what's right for the people. But having said that, uh, yesterday the report was you had a meeting uh, with 45, the 45 who supported you or 44 others and yourself, and that the 22 censured Republicans in the state house were not invited to. Um, can you tell me about that? What the purpose of that meeting was? And uh, you know, I think I characterized it on the air yesterday as saying it sounds like Derek Marin is acting like speaker, even if he is not going to be the speaker. He's going to be a leader here, at least for the forty-five. Can you tell me about that meeting yesterday and why the other twenty-two were not invited to it? Yes, Bob. We had a we had a great meeting. It was about ninety minutes. We had over forty of us there in person, and some on the phone and by video. Um, right now, there's a, there's, a, there's a void of leadership within you know the Republicans of the House. Um, we were supposed to have a session uh, yesterday, a House session. That's been canceled. There hasn't been any caucuses scheduled. Uh, we have a lot of new members that are trying to file bills, draft bills, and we need to have an organization to try to help everyone um, you know, move, move forward. So we talked about uh, the constitutional amendment that we're trying to get on, on the ballot. Uh, we talked a little bit about what we anticipate with redistricting. 
um, uh, also not only the state legislative redistricting, but also the congressional uh, redistricting. Uh, and Bob, by the way, I can guarantee you that the congressional seats are part of this also, um, which has implications for, you know, the United States, you know, House, <laughs> you know, huge our national it, government. Huge part of it. Yeah, so, yeah, I, yeah I have I mean, no doubt of that. Yeah, I mean, uh, we lost we lost we lost three U.S. House seats we shouldn't have lost. And we might even lose more um, as a result of, of what has transpired. But that, that's another issue. But coming back, we just had a great meeting talking about different issues and what people are working on. Um, and you know how we were going to organize and move forward, and still have, still be able to advance a Republican agenda in the House, even though um, you know the, the, the Democrats are all on board and working with you know the current Speaker and his team. Representative Marin, um, I, I don't want to I don't want this to sound the wrong way, um, but how do you square those two statements? Uh, the one that well, not statements, but situations. The one in which you said, "Look, I'm, if they've got a good bill, I'm going to support it. I'm not going to." you know, hold out against them simply because of what they did, the the gang of 22 here. Uh, but then you did hold that first meeting in their absence. So is it, can you square that? It's like, I'm not going to hold anything against them. I'm going to do what's right by the people. And I believe your sincerity there 100%. Don't get me wrong at all. But then the first meeting was, hey, it's it's just us and it's not them. It, it, that would indicate a separation. H- how, do we, how do we reconcile that? Well, we have not separated from them. They have separated from us. And I'm not sure what type of caucus they're going to have. I don't know if they're going to have Republicans and Democrats caucus together. I'm, I'm certainly not going to participate in that. Um, but it was important for us to have a meeting of everyone uh, that has kept their word, that is committed to, um, you know, abiding by what happens um, in, in our caucus meetings. And this was just the initial meetings. I mean, I have I have meetings with Republican people all the time. So I think there are going to be meetings where you know everyone is invited. Um, there's some very good people, uh, Bob, in that in that 22. There are some very good people uh, there. There are some uh, conservatives there. There are some people there that I have had long-standing relationships with, and um, I'm very loyal. Um, I don't. Some of them have helped me in my own campaigns before, and I don't turn my back on everyone, anyone. Um, and um, I hope there can be reunification with them. And um, like I said. I got into this for policy. So if one of them says, hey, I got a bill to cut taxes, well, they're going to find an ally in Derek Marin because that's what I believe in. Um, so I'm not going to hold personal grudges um, when policy is at stake for over 11 million people. This might be an inopportune time to ask this question because it is about personal uh, uh, grudges or personal situations here. You um, you were quoted in uh, a Cleveland.com Plain Dealer article saying that um, you felt like uh, the gang of 22, as I'm referring to them, you don't have to, but that these individuals uh, who turned against the oath to, to support you since you won the caucus used your father's death and your absence um, against you, and they really made hay when you were in hospital. And by the way, I want to, of course, offer you my condolences and uh, to you, your family, and everybody that was close to your father. It's a, it's a terrible thing. Uh, but that they used that time that you were, you know, uh, doing family things and, and caring for your father and being with your father against you in this. Um, can you explain that any further? Do you still feel that that's what they did, that they took your absence because of that and, and made political hay with it? Well, the, the Cleveland Plain Dealer is the one that wrote that headlines. I was quoted as saying that the, they put their foot on the gas pedal during that time when my father was in hospice. And that is true. Um, they knew my father um, was taken to hospice around, I think it was December 
22nd, 23rd, they were aware of it and um, they knew the situation, you know, that I was in, um, you know, their plan was in, their plan was in motion. And that is when they stepped on the gas pedal. Now they, they could have said, well, we were stepped on the gas pedal, whether your father was in hospice or not. Um, and, that, and that's probably true. Um, but, you know, that's, that's what happened. I mean, I was going through a very, still am going through a very difficult time um, with my father who, uh, you know, needed my help in hospice and we were trying to manage his pain and I was trying to make sure he had oxygen and the proper levels of morphine. And it was a very difficult time. And even, even with that, I was still making calls um, to try to, you know, get people hired in the house. Um, I was talking to people about committees and I was asking people for their support. And um, the only thing that upsets me a little bit is, you know, when I hear of some of these folks saying that I never reached out to them. Um, I reached out to them sitting in the room where my father was dying on the phone. Okay. And they knew where I was at and I was talking with them. So I really don't appreciate, um, you know, folks saying that I wasn't reaching out to people or trying to do my job. I was under extraordinary situation, you know, working 16 hours a day um, and, you know, that's just that's just the facts. You know, uh, Derek Marin, hearing that, um, I think it's going to underscore the reason why so many of us are so angry and frustrated that you are not the speaker and that uh, that they would do this to you. Not only did they stab you in the back from a political standpoint by breaking their oath to support you, uh, you know, in the caucus vote, um, the fact that they're lying about you and the fact that they're saying things that are not true, that you shut them out and that you were not reachable and you didn't make calls and so on and so forth, just uh, just kind of, I think, underscores our, our point. Um, how do you feel about the censure? The uh, state central committee voted to censure these 22. From what I understand, it doesn't have teeth at the moment. Um, but it, it, in other words, it, because it's not going to stop endorsements or funds from being given to them in their reelection campaigns, I think a lot of conservative groups that I've talked to already want to see these individuals primaried and uh, drummed out of the Ohio State House because of what they've done here. So uh, how do you feel about the censure? Well, I think what it underscores, Bob, is that the mainstream Republicans are with me, um, and our party is with with me and our coalition of folks. Um, somehow they they paint they try to paint um, myself and our supporters on that we're the ones from the outside, and that just can't be <laughs> you just can't be further from the truth. Um, I believe it was unanimous by the Ohio Republican Party. We got support from uh, many counter Republican parties and. Um, you know, I have a long legislative record of accomplishments, and so do um, the other 44 Republicans of, you know, working on solid policy and standing up for Republican values. So, you know, it's quite clear, you know, who is the mainstream Republicans and, um, you know, who have, you know, went off went off the track here a little bit. Yeah, I think that is clear. Two So far, two different county GOPs, Shelby and Monroe, I think, are, are the two counties that have... Uh, uh, voted to censure these individuals as well, and uh, this may be something that is spreading to the other 86 counties. Quite frankly, I hope it does because I'm, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm very, very, very disappointed and disgusted with the actions that they have taken here, and the fact that they have given more power to a very tiny minority of Democrats than those uh, Democrats are entitled to in establishing policy and platform and law uh, in in this next session. Last thing I'll ask you, Representative Derek Marin, and I really appreciate uh, your time. You've been very gracious with this. Um, it looks like Jason Stevens and DJ Swearingen, Bill Seitz, Kevin Miller, John Cross, Jay Edwards, Jeff LeRae, and Mike Loychik are all going golfing in Florida on Tuesday. 
Uh, kind of interesting that those eight individuals that are going for a quote-unquote Florida golf retreat as a massive fundraiser for Jason Stevens, uh, all eight of them are among the 22. Your invitation for that trip must have been lost, I guess. Yeah, I guess so. Um, they they actually had planned that um, during uh, during I think it was late November or December. Um, so they had they were that was a sign that they were beginning to to separate themselves again from us. Is that that's they, my they point. That. This ha- that's my point. I wanted to find out about the timing of this because this is an indication that they were forming their little block here. Uh, and, yeah. and that this was not something that happened late as we approached. And you know what? We just haven't heard enough from, from Derek Marin. Uh, this, th- this, this little group was formed a lot earlier than maybe they want us to believe. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, you know, it's a free country, Bob. I mean, they're, uh, they're, many of them are friends of mine. I've worked with them closely. Many of them are good people. Um, so they're, they're, allowed, they're allowed to do that. And I, I would end this, Bob, that I know many of your listeners and maybe yourself are discouraged with the situation, and there are certainly reasons to be discouraged. But the future is bright. Uh, I'm 37 years old, and I have a lot more fight in me. And there's a lot of Republicans uh, in our majority um, that are ready to continue to push conservative values. We are going to partner with the Republican-led Senate. we got a lot of good Ohio senators that are pushing similar policies that you and I both believe in. We have a Republican governor. We have every statewide office. And I believe in the long game. Um, you know, those that take power very quickly, um, when, you do, when you do that, it's sometimes very hard to keep power. And um, this, is, this is long game. We're, we're going to be fighting for economic prosperity and freedom uh, and individual liberties for the rest of our lives. And I've been doing this for the last 15 years of my life, and I'm going to do it in some form or fashion uh, for the next 15. And this is a challenge that we're in right now, um, but I am dedicated and resolute that I will continue to fight for the over 11 millions of Ohio. We will make Ohio the best place to conduct business in America, the best country in the world. We will lower taxes. We will lower energy costs. We will stand up for every student in every single school district to make sure they have and their parents are empowered to make the best choices for that child's education. We will stand up for girls to be able to play sports without men coming into their gymnasium and taking their trophies from them. We will, and we will stand up for the unborn. We will try to make adoption easier. Uh, We will try to streamline services and make children's services um, and services for those that um, have developmental challenges. We will do better for them. And um, I, there is a lot to be hopeful for for the future. Representative Derek Marin, that is a great closing statement to this conversation. It almost sounded like the close of a campaign address, uh, and I wish we could have an election tomorrow because I think you would have won a ton of votes if it was a popular vote uh, for those remarks. Um, I want to say thank you again. I want to, uh, again, offer my condolences uh, and prayers for your family uh, and the loss of your father. Thank you for being such an upstanding stalwart conservative and for taking the high road here when so many have taken the low road and undermining uh, your status as the speaker-elect. Derek Marin, thank you so very much. I hope we can talk again. Will do. Thank you.
Thank you, sir. Turbulent times call for clear-headed insight. That's hard to come by these days, especially on TV. That's where we come in. Salem News Channel has the greatest collection of conservative minds all in one place. People you know and trust, like Dennis Prager, Eric Metaxas, Charlie Kirk, and more. Unfiltered, unapologetic truth. Find what you're searching for at snc.tv and on Local Now Channel 525.